This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 7th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. What lessons should politicians take from yesterday's election? Did all that spending from so-called outside groups really move the needle? John Samples, director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government, comments. Something that jumps out at me with respect to the presidential election specifically is how many fewer votes Mitt Romney got than John McCain four years ago. It, it just seems like a that seems like a very odd fact. Well, it has to do with uh, the fact that in part 2008 was the most uh, particip- participated in election since the 1960s. I mean, it was a peak. Uh, in terms of turnout. So um, even though McCain, you know, ended up uh, in 46 percent or so, as long as there's the the, uh, turnout's big enough, he's going to, there's going to be an issue with passing that with a smaller turnout. I mean, you do have to say that Romney ended up getting a higher percentage of the two-party vote, I believe, although not all the votes are in and everything. But it looks like he's he's coming in toward 48. So that's going to be couple of percentage points better than McCain. And uh, he, he held Obama much lower than McCain did, of course. Obama did uh, much better among Latinos than he did in 2008, uh, owing, I think, probably some calculation has to do with his, his turnaround on uh, immigration, even though he is the president who has uh, deported the most illegal immigrants uh, ever. Well, yes. Uh, with Obama on several counts, uh, the actual performance in particular areas did not seem to matter. And it, the other – I mean McCain had, uh, as you might recall, had uh, been involved in immigration reform in a variety of ways. It broke down, but he had he'd give, gave a, given some signaling there, I think. Uh, but the, I have to say that the, num- the polling numbers going in on Romney and Hispanics were shocking to me. I mean, the Bush uh, 2004s and 2000 were very uh, upfront that they were looking for about 40 percent of the Hispanic vote and they thought they could do it. And they did in one of those elections. Uh, Romney was polling 20, 25 percent going in. Uh, it was stark. Late in the election, I mean, I, I guess it's I should say late in his term, his first term, Barack Obama changed two of his positions. Mm-hmm. He actively supported gay marriage. He, mm-hmm. he made a big deal of making that announcement. Mm-hmm. And he made a, a switch that effectively uh, instituted portions of the DREAM Act without uh, congressional approval. And those are two ideas that, uh, for the most part, uh, libertarians share. That is, Immigration should be much freer than it is, and uh, the federal government, at the very least, has no particular role in making determinations about who may marry who. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what is should are Republicans going to take the hint here on, on is at least with respect to those issues? Well, Obama was very cherry about the uh, gay marriage uh, issue, and then of course the other one. I, I don't know about uh, the Dream Act. How to what extent that was publicized? Uh, I do think there'll be a great deal of discussion on the immigration side because the, the, the thinking, even early on, is about uh, w- Hispanics are a growing number. The, there is a demographic change, and what are you going to do about that? You can't. Uh, the coalition you had in 1980 
uh, simply can't win elections uh, without vast ch- without changes. So you got to in, bring in some new voters one way or the other on gay marriage. Um, I think that it could be what you would, might look for there more is uh, maybe less of a branding issue so that there is within the Republican – I mean one thing to, way to go forward would be to look for some big tent issues, right? So we say we're not all the same and this is a coalition and we don't have to agree on everything and gay marriage is ultimately a, a state-level issue and you know the politics should be there too. Um, I think that's going to be very difficult. Social conservatives are still a big part of the Republican coalition and of the electoral coalition. The evidence, you know, however, is I think problematic right now. I mean, we uh, in the research I've done in the past, uh, in the Reagan years, social conservatives aren't really identifying with Republicans. They start identifying in the early '90s. They become increasingly important, and so really, you're seeing social conservatism being essential to the Republican races, Republican presidential races from the late 90s onward. It's not been a really successful time, particularly at the presidential level. And even on things like when gay marriage wasn't nearly as supported as it was uh, this year, back in 2004, George Bush did not run on it. He uh, let it be known that he was uh, in favor of the constitutional amendment against it. But he didn't make much of it because it's a very divisive issue. It's never been very clear whether the social conservative issues have a net benefit for Republicans in the sense that they they also alienate people. Uh, So all of that has to be thought about with with the reality that they are part of of the Republican coalition. I don't know what Republicans will conclude about that, but I do think that uh, certainly they might find ways to get it off the agenda. And you, uh, the other social conservative issues, I mean, pro-life is, that's a, that's a divisive partisan issue here. But the Democrats, while taking one side of that position, uh, the pro-choice position, don't seem to have senators who lose their elections talking about partial birth abortion or saying why it has to be a sacrament or something, or some crazy statement that sort of puts people off. And yet we saw here two Republican senators um, who got into that kind of discussion somehow and really may or, you know, you can't be for sure that that's why they lost, but it didn't help at all and it put them in trouble. We have two states now that have legalized uh, marijuana. Uh, Massachusetts added... Uh, medical marijuana, and of course, the Western states are are moving in a direction, uh, and and there there may be a time where there is a confrontation between the federal government more directly and states uh, that have well legalized gay marriage, but also have uh, essentially legalized recreational pot use, uh, despite the fact that we have federal laws against it. It seems like that should provide an opportunity for constitutional conservatives to make a case for localizing power, for decentralizing in a way that is principled and direct. Do you sense that Republicans are actually uh, considering that that's a, that's a possible route to take? I don't think either of, 
you know, my sense is, I, I don't know for sure, but I think the first confrontation will be with the, the Obama administration. We've already had that with me- medical marijuana prior to this election. It's almost like there's an institutional or some other or that the Democratic Party is ultimately uh, not liberal on issues of uh, these kinds of lifestyle issues. Uh, With the Republicans, um, I don't think – the federalism issue should be one, as you say, constitutional conservatism should be one that really – this and gay marriage should be one that they take up. But my general feeling is that uh, part of the cultural argument is that opposing drug use in any form, apart from the ones that are already legal, is a core Republican issue. And I can't see the Gary Johnsons. There there probably are a few Gary Johnsons out there and, and Certainly, public officials that have to deal with the practical issues that these kinds of prohibitions raise will be among them. But uh, I'd be skeptical for the time being. Outside groups, a term I don't particularly care for, but Mm -hmm. it's a a popular one in talking about citizen groups and uh, speech groups, essentially, that want to influence elections. According to the Center for Responsive Politics, uh, total cost, including campaigns and so-called outside groups, uh, was a was to top $6 billion in in this election. What impact did all of that spending uh, really have? At least uh, the Wall Street Journal reports two organizations created with the help of Carl Rove, the American Crossroads and Crossroads GPS spent more than $100 million on advertising directed against President Barack Obama and other Democrats. Obviously, uh, it was not successful. Uh, and they credit one of uh, President Obama's victory to his campaign itself raising far more money than uh, Mitt Romney. We'll have to see. I mean, one of the, it's easy to reach conclusions on election day about these. But in looking in the pa- past about research and data on campaign finance, things have to settle down. You get the final numbers. I, again, I would stick with the bet that probably both of the camps will probably raise roughly the same money when you take all the money into consideration. Um, and it's been long known, and I think even most people that are, argue about this for a living accept the idea that there's no simple translation at all between having money and winning. Now, without the group, the Citizens United groups, Romney would have been considerably behind, maybe a couple hundred million dollars. Uh, but with them, I think things were about even. I would focus more on in terms of actual outcomes. I mean – One thing you get is all of the money spent on messaging did educate the voters to some degree. They knew more than they started out with. That's that's true. That's what the society gets out of it. Um, But at some point also there was so much of it that they simply uh, cut each other off. So in other words, it was sort of an arms race I think to some degree, particularly in the last bit. I would look more toward – and there is one of the things that was noticed during this election was that these uh, campaigns have learned. They're moving away from television messaging and moving toward get-out-the-vote efforts. And some remarkable number that something like 45 to 50 percent of voters reported that they'd been contacted by the campaigns. And of course, there's data and research from – uh, beginning around 2001, 2002, that suggested that was much more effective than TV advertising. 
This is also from the Wall Street Journal here. American Crossroads spokesman Jonathan Collegio Collegio, uh, said President Obama spent nearly $200 million on TV ads before Labor Day in an attempt to take the focus off of the economy. Yet due to the work of center-right groups, the economy and weak recovery remain the number one concern of Americans. So, I mean, a victory there might be, even even though I'm sure he's trying to to, uh, spin it to some extent, a, a victory there may well be focusing attention on issues a la Ross Perot in 1992, spending his own money. He didn't win, but he focused attention on the deficit in a way that uh, uh, was not uh, would not have otherwise been there. It's a good point. I mean, often uh, people decry messaging and TV ads and so on. But think about this. Uh, in the past, this has happened to Republicans and Democrats, too, where the challenger to the incumbent uh, ran out of money having to, spent all the money trying to win the primaries, right? And then they found themselves between over the summer without money until they got to the uh, uh, to the the convention, that didn't happen this time. Uh, and and as you say, what happened was there was an attempt to keep on the agenda, the public agenda, the issue of the economy. If that money had not been there, what you would have had was a basically a uh, personal attack on Mitt Romney and his background and all of that. And I have been one that says negative ads or you know there's a lot of evidence that negative ads have good effects so I'm not going to decry that but you would have that that's what would have filled the airwaves in late summer as opposed to the more substantive issues in some ways or maybe substantive about the general good and the economy and so on what is the status of libertarian ideas here Mitt Romney borrowed a lot of uh, rhetoric about uh, personal responsibility, and uh, he's never really governed that way. Barack Obama uh, cast his election as, hey, look, we need to make sure that these people are paying their their fair share. So at least rhetorically, you had a clear choice. Uh, policy-wise, you really didn't. So, what, so where do libertarian ideas stand then? Well, I mean, we've been through now, the Republicans have been through three elections uh, in which they have have not been libertarians at all on a core issue of foreign policy, the use of force, the scope of American interest and scope of American obligations abroad. Uh, War in Afghanistan, war in Iraq are part of this. Mitt Romney certainly seemed to be a continuation of uh, the ideas, if not the proposals of those three elections. And that, you know, 2004, 2008, and 2012 are about as disastrous as you can get. So I would think uh, a more restrained, realist, and indeed libertarian look at foreign policy in a rational world should be uh, a top item for the future here. John Samples is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.